Can you say something? Yes, I can say something. What do you want me to say? Are you getting good audio levels? Nope. Nope, well that's not good. Try it again. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. Yeah, that's better. Better, 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 better. Okay. Good? <laughs> The initiative episode 23 we got john conney here mr conney my first film teacher the only film teacher i've ever had uh, i made my first documentary in his class it was like five minutes it was funny enough about kobe bryant <clears throat> oh my gosh yeah wow that's um, crazy or like he was a big part of and i stole a bunch of his espn interviews for him. oh wow yeah cool um but i wanted to talk to you because you're you got a production company mm -hmm. you you were have credits on America to me. Um, you're you've been doing film. You have you built this whole studio at mm -hmm. Opera. So I just wanted to like pick your brain. I want to talk to more filmmakers. Um, actually, we're gonna do a rebrand of this podcast and call it Director's Chair. Oh, nice! And we're gonna Very get cool. like the directors' sure. chairs and do yeah. it in my basement. Um, but for now, we're in your studio. This is pretty. This is a pretty good setup. So, yeah. how did you like get into filmmaking? I started in film same way you did in high school. Mm -hmm. I, my high school in Michigan had a film program. We did news, we did entertainment, and that's where I kind of got my start. From there, I went to a school in Michigan for my master's and uh, my bachelor's in communications. And then from there, I moved to, here to Chicago to go to Columbia College for my master's in film. So that's kind of took me through my career starting in the film business. Uh, midway into that, I started to go back to school to get my master's for teaching, which then allowed me to become a teacher, which then got me to this school. Okay. So when you went into communications, did you know, like, I'm going to do something in film? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to do something in film. I thought I wanted to be a director, but I... Once I got into film school, I decided that was not where I wanted to be, that mm -hmm. I wanted to be a producer. Okay. And, um, but I always knew I wanted to be in the film business. So why did, why, what made you realize, like, the, the pivot between directing and producing? I found that I was better at the budgets and dealing with the people and dealing with the finances and dealing with the hiring of people. Uh, that was kind of more my, my, my forte yeah. than being the creative, dealing with the actors. And dealing with the scripts, yeah. So I feel like I'm in kind of a different format of filmmaking. But you've, you've produced documentaries, but mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not dealing with actors as much, but I feel like I'm becoming more of a director okay. of documentaries. I'd rather, like, delegate and kind of see the bigger picture sure. instead of be the guy filming and stuff. Right. But I did everything on my first documentary. Mm -hmm. or the, the big one, I just had it, the theater. Um... But you, so you, have you produced any like films, like feature films? I've done two feature films. One was done here, Love, Blood, Kryptonite, and one was done before that. It was called Windy City Romance. So I've done two feature narrative films. Okay. But then I've also done, of course, American to Me, which was a 10 episode miniseries, doc miniseries. Yeah. And I am in post-production right now on a four episode doc miniseries called 16 and Recovering. What's that and about? it's about 
a school in Boston where all the kids that go to the high school are recovering drug addicts or recovering alcoholics. Oh. And we are in that school for a year, just like we were in the school uh, OPRF for a year for American to Me. We've been in that school for a year. Okay, so I don't know too much about like the production side of things as much. Like for me, production is just like get cameras together and we're gonna go film. Mm -hmm. For you, like how do you how do you get in on it? Like, do you come up with the idea to produce that documentary and then you find a budget, or like how do you get into that? All the projects are a little bit different, but typically I find a project that I'm interested in and then I'll get involved as a producer. So then we'll start to try to raise the money or find the financing for the film. Um, wait, was it? I'm sorry, go back to how the do, second. Yeah. How, do I get, how do I get, oh. Yeah. So, and then for commercial work that we do, I'm sorry, advertising and things like that, we're often given the creative for it. So somebody will say to us, hey, here's the creative for this particular commercial. What do you think it's going to cost to make these commercials? And then we go in and we budget it. We hire the director. And basically, there's a process involved in that. Yeah. So every job, it depends. Sometimes it's being paid for by a client, like a commercial. Okay. Or sometimes it's being paid by investors or by a production company when it's more narrative or documentary. So like an investor, they're going to give you money and, and hope that they get a return. Correct. Okay. Correct. That's an interesting and way to invest. It is yeah. a tough way. Yeah. It's hard to get investors. It's hard to raise money. We're working right now on a, a narrative horror film that we'd like to shoot this summer. And we have $150,000 raised, but we need about another $150,000 to do the project. It's a low-budget feature. But we'll see. I mean, if we don't get that other one hundred and fifty, dollars we may not be doing the project. I think it's just in that since we're talking about horror films I think I saw something where it was like Saw had like a $5,000 budget and that's, I would think it's a lot more than that but it still was probably pretty low budget like the first the, the first, first one, one though where they're all in that same room yeah that's I mean, what I heard something it's a super low amount of money yeah like, it, they happen yeah. it happened for sure and it just blew up yeah so it was interesting so anyways back to college so you knew you wanted to do something with film mm -hmm. you realized you wanted to be a producer instead mm -hmm. of a director which college did you go to? I went to Columbia College in Chicago for for my master's in film. What'd you go like for bachelor's? Where'd you go? I went in Michigan, Oakland University, a bachelor's in communications. Okay, and then you decided came, to go back to Columbia. Yes, then I came here. Yes. Okay. So when you get here, mm -hmm. this isn't here, right? This whole well, this facility was here. I mean, this has been here for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't come here to OPRF until 16 years ago is when I started. Okay. But before I was here, there was somebody else that was running the program. It doesn't look like it does today. Okay. It was smaller, not as, many, not as much gear, yeah. didn't have all these lights. It wasn't like this okay. at all. I should have taken pictures of it. it yeah, that would be cool. Kind of crazy. That would be cool to make a documentary yeah, about on that. that. Um, so, but how do you, so like, not as much gear, all this, like, obviously there's a lot of money that goes into this. How mm -hmm. do you get the school to like green light that? Well, the school, gets a grant every year, and that grant goes to only very specific subjects. Myself, auto tech, wood, um, culinary, basically vocational type of, of uh, classes. Okay. What I mean by vocational in that means that if you take my classes, the three classes in succession, you in theory should be able to go out of this class and get a job in the field because you've gotten some knowledge 
from my class that would allow you to do that. Much like in auto tech, you might be able to go work on cars. You might be able to become an apprentice. In film and television, you might be able to get out into the world and be an apprentice in TV or film. So because of that vocational track, we get access to some money that comes in a grant every year. That grant gets distributed amongst all the vocational classes of which I get a, a decent part of. Okay. That's what allows me to buy all this stuff okay. for the students. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you have built this. This is a pretty popular class, yeah. I'd say. Absolutely. There's yeah. always like these all these seats. Kids stick built. around for multiple years. It happens. Yeah, um, I I remember. You had a student teacher mm -hmm. the semester I took the class. Okay. You taught like the first half, you taught the last right. half. And the last half of the semester I took um, was the last semester before you took that leave of absence. Oh, the sabbatical. You, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't here during your senior year or I was here during your senior year? My junior year, you weren't here. That was the, so oh, I took your class, I got really. Sophomore. Yeah. Then junior, no, I was No, 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 actually, I'm sorry. Second semester, I, freshman year for me, I okay. took your class. Okay. I come back sophomore year. There's a sub all year. Okay. And Did you take it with him? I was gonna, and then I, like, not because of him. I just switched out okay. right away because I was like, I I wasn't into like news as much. Okay. So that was like the next step mm -hmm. for me. And I, cause I knew I wanted to start making like the YouTube videos. Right. Because I realized, like, in your class, it was empowering to me that I, like, because I figured out how to do everything right like, by filming and editing, and I could. I posted that video on YouTube, so I figured out how to do that too. Right, 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 right. So, honestly, like, it all kind of all the stuff that I've been able to kind of work on mm -hmm. and do comes back to this class. So that's pretty cool. And Thank I'm, you. I'm working Good. with like a bunch of clients now. Like, I'm making. I could make a living. I decided to live in my parents' house, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's great. That's great that you're doing it. There's a lot of people that uh, come from this program get into the into the field just as an example i just did a um i produced a footlocker job uh, it was a big budget footlocker job and i had 60 employees on the set yeah. 10 of them were former oprf students okay. so 10 out of 60. i'm i'm asking more for personal curiosity now but like when you're hiring a student to be on set mm -hmm. one what jobs are they filling and two mm -hmm. how how much background do like do you hire them based off like you knowing them and you're comfortable mm -hmm. trusting them yes. or is it like you know they got the proper education to do a it? little of both mm -hmm. um i don't bring i bring students on set current students i'll bring on set but i have to trust them i have to know them i have to feel that they're going to be okay on a set where there's professional where it's professionals running yeah. production Sorry. what's is that noise the lights? that's the lights yeah okay um so I will bring them, I will bring them on sets. But for example, on this Foot Locker job, the other producer, OPRF student, former student, the cinematographer, former OPRF student, uh, the production designer, former OPRF student. So they were filling high positions on the set. That's pretty It awesome. wasn't just PAs, production mm -hmm. assistants. So they're getting paid like thousands oh, of dollars. Yes, thousands and thousands of dollars. So yes. like what, it, how, how cool does that feel to you? Feels great. I mean, they're obviously people that I've known since they were in high school, yeah. and now they're working in the field, and now I'm able to employ them and pay them a good salary. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy, actually, a little bit crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for 
you have a the student who did Love Blood Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, I remember you said this freshman year, but he sold his film company to Jay Z. Yeah, he's working out in Los Angeles, and his company called Scheme Engine was acquired at a point by Jay Z's company. So he's still in New York. They're still doing content. I worked with them on a couple jobs just recently. I did a Kobe White commercial with them mm. from the Bulls. Kobe White's the basketball player from the Bulls, yeah. the rookie. Yeah. And I did another job with them. And I also worked with them to sell my show 16 Recovering to MTV. They worked on that. So I worked with them now on three jobs. And uh, he's doing great. He's in New York. My business partner, who's been my business partner for like 12 years, is a former OPRF student, graduate of 2006. He and I have been working together for 12 years. We own a company together. You, wait, we your own, business partner was your student? My business partner was my student. He was the co-director on Love Blood Kryptonite. That is crazy. And now we've been partners for 12 years. We bought a $100,000 camera together. We have wow. offices downtown. And we've been doing it since then. We've been working together a lot over the last 12 years. That's pretty motivating. It's pretty crazy. Like your student and you end up building like a big business business together. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the entrepreneur side of you we haven't even touched on too much. Like you started minimal. I came to you about a year and a half mm-hmm. ago in class and I was like I kind of just was like seeking some kind of like approval I guess because mm-hmm. I showed you a bunch of my ideas and I was like I don't know if you remember this, but you were telling me about like you had minimal productions mm-hmm. and you just started minimal, mm-hmm. but you had been doing productions before then, right? Because this was after America to Me, right? Absolutely, yeah. I have my own production company, Condi Films, which has ex- existed since 1993, I guess. And Chris and I worked under that in his company for those beginning of those 11 years. And so minimal started over a year and a half ago, and that is now myself. Chris Ray Talley, who I've been working with for 12 years, and Will Myers, uh, a new guy that we brought in to work with us, who is a producer here in town. So the three of us now are Minimal Productions, Minimal.tv, if you've seen our site. And um, that's been going great. That's what we've been doing all these pro- a lot of these projects for. Yeah, so I'm just at the point where I'm starting to like delegate, like for my next documentary, mm-hmm. I'm going to fly out to New York Mm -hmm. and I want to bring a videographer with me and I'll, I'll, I'll film too, but I want a second one. How did, like, did, did you like go through the process that I'm kind of going through where I like, I'm like, I made a film entirely by myself Mm -hmm. and then I'm, every film I do is going to be like, I'm going to add a few more people or did you just like all of a sudden like get some good connection? Oh God, no. It's all filmmakers start that same way. They're doing free projects, little projects, a couple hundred dollar projects, helping out this guy, helping out that guy. Um, You just kind of have to do that. But then your hope is that you find someone that's more advanced than you that you can learn from, that you can get involved with. You want to get on a set of a professional documentary Mm -hmm. so you can see what it's like and see how they work. Like, you know, you saw America to Me when we were filming. you were here when they, we shot, right? That was my freshman year. Okay, so you knew that we were walking around with cameras all the day long, but they were small crews. And yes, as you start getting better and better, you can start adding more people, and that makes your job much easier because now you're focused on directing, excuse me, instead of directing and being the camera op and dealing with audio yeah. and editing. 
So that just comes. But you know, you got to get projects that you've got money to do. That's the key too. That's so I'm I've been doing I started my YouTube channel mm -hmm. junior year right. like in September of that year. And then so obviously I didn't get paid for any of that. Right. And then I started doing freelance and I would do like a couple hundred dollar jobs at a time sure. every That's where few you start. months. Yeah, yeah, like I like it wasn't like by any means like succeeding. I mean, I guess I was. I was starting out. But then I took my gap year this year and then I just was working super hard all summer. Mm -hmm. Made connections. Now I like like I said I could make like a a minimal living. Yeah. Right doing, now doing your stuff. Yeah, like I have but I want to get away from freelance and do mostly documentaries. So I did this yeah. one and then the next one I do, the one in New York City, I'm actually going to get paid for. It. That's great. So that's pretty That's cool. awesome. And he's yeah. Documentary filmmaking is it's, it's a tough business. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. I mean, America to me, when it was all said and done, I bet it was five years of effort from when we started it, then finding the kids, then shooting, then two years of editing. Then, you know, it was probably a four to five year process just to get that film done. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, it was a huge project, right? Documentary filmmaking as a whole is difficult because well, it's not like a commercial. Like commercials that we do, my company do, we'll have a budget bigger for one commercial than a doc filmmaker may have for their entire project. Yeah. And that's just for one 60-second commercial. Mm -hmm. Documentary filmmaking is kind of a labor of love. It's something you want to do. Yeah. You want to learn about this topic or these people. And you often don't make a lot, oftentimes don't make a lot of money, if any, yeah. doing it. Yeah. That's why people that are trying to do that often will jump onto another project where they can make money, a yes. commercial project or so something. So my idea is like, I feel like like there's pretty there's interesting opportunities like with Netflix mm -hmm. and then with like um, all these like like YouTube and then there's sure. this thing called Patreon where like people pay for your content pretty much. Okay. So there's all. I haven't like exactly figured out the game plan. Okay. And I also haven't figured out if I only want to make documentaries because I've never done a film yeah, that is should, in a documentary. You should dabble in others. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to do like a short film or something. Okay. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I, I have realized that too. It is a lot of like... You just got to just get out there and get more experience being on set yeah. and seeing what else is happening. You know, it would be great if you get on a big commercial set because you'll see what that's all about that'd be cool you know yeah. and it, it just it'll open your eyes to different things I think I applied to Columbia I got in okay I got in last year and I got in again this year right um, and if I'm thinking if I can get like enough scholarship money I'll go go sure but I'm also like you know I'm not sure if I want to stop doing everything I'm doing now right and like add a new thing that. The thing that you'll learn from Columbia is you'll you get a chance to learn more about cameras, more about editing. You'll make connections. You'll jump on little projects. You'll be doing little films. I mean, there's some real value in that yeah. if you're able to go. Mm -hmm. But there's also value in just being able to get out there and hump it and get going and try to get on productions and start to learn from production people what the real world is like out there and how That's, it works. I feel like going to be more valuable to me just the way I learn and operate sure. than doing like 
homework assignments right. to learn. Right. Because that didn't work for me that well in high school. Well, and the other thing you can do too, especially for docs, you know, Cartemquin, which is the company that we did American and Me with, and they did all of Steve James's other films, Hoop Dreams and everything else, they often will have an internship. I think it's usually kids that are at least juniors or seniors in college. But you could also say to them, hey, I'm in town. I'll offer you my services for free because I want to get on a set and see what it's like doing a real doc. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they would take you on, especially if I give them a call because you've had my classes, which have built you in the field, in the filmmaking Mm -hmm. world with some skills. You would be walking in there with some skills, not just walking in there just trying to learn something. Yeah, I, I mean, also, you're, I would say I've had your guidance, like personal guidance too, just because, like, I when I when I decided to do the last documentary, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I came to you and was like, is this even possible? And you were like, yeah, it can be done, mm-hmm. and I did. And then, and it yeah. was successful. Yeah, I made money on that. Sold out of theater. That's great. Much. Yeah. It's insane. So I'm trying. So now I'm building Thuzi Productions YouTube, mm-hmm. and just seeing what I can do with that. So well, there's a lot that can be done on these streaming, you know, networks and these YouTube and Instagram. There's a lot of places you can put content mm-hmm. for little tiny, yeah, well done docs or pieces or whatever you want to want to want to do. So I think just keep doing it. Yeah, find good find a good subject. If you want to do docs, find a good subject that people are going to be interested in. Yeah. The next one is, um, the one in New York is a 40-year-old guy who fights professional MMA with Bellator, which is like just below like the UFC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're into that at all, but he fought in Madison Square Garden like last summer. Really? He was 40. Wow. And he's... He's got a, he's like a world jujitsu champ multiple times. Wow, that's really cool. So yeah, it would be interesting. So that'll be cool. But um, I had a really good question. I forgot. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I think you should go out there and shoot a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. B-roll interviews. You know. I love doing the interviews. Well, that's good. Like the, especially like setting it up film wise because mm-hmm. interviews like always look great well that. because they're usually lit and yeah. they've got good your camera set and it's got good angles and you're good yeah yeah get a nice lens on there yep are you really interested in cameras at all not in particular mm-hmm. I mean I've worked cameras before but you know I kind of defer to the cinematographers the DPs we have hire as to what they want we own an airy mini which yeah. is a great camera. We also just bought an FX9. So we do have, you know, the, the Mini is amazing. And the, we use that yeah, in big you, productions. You sent me a photo of that on set. I showed it to my dad, and he was like, pretty sick. It looks like a Star Wars thing. I know. Yeah. It's pretty, it gets, when it's built up, it gets, with the lens and the map boxes and things like that, it gets, it gets fairly large. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people understand how expensive those cameras are. Yeah. I, I don't think people would understand that a tripod could cost twenty thousand dollars. I see that. I don't. I didn't know that. And that now. when you think about a tripod costing twenty thousand dollars and a camera costing twenty thousand dollars, or like the FX nine was, I think eleven thousand dollars. It wasn't bad comparatively, like to the mini. Well, the thing is with cameras, like that camera is seven hundred dollars, 
and the difference between that and a fifteen hundred dollar camera is like way more. Oh really? Than the difference between, like the the more expensive you like, you get less bang for your buck the more expensive you go. Oh, but gotcha, then it's yeah. like, filmmaking is competitive. Right. In in a sense, right. so like, yeah, I don't know. Um, the after I, the question just came back to me, for, so like you're you just you sold America to me to stars mm-hmm. or whoever right someone sold it stars, to stars. yeah. yeah. Um, so then that's a TV network. Right. Do you have, like, there's a, the shift in filmmaking is kind of like, it's going from selling to networks and doing DVD and all that to mm-hmm. just streaming. Right. Like Scorsese just did a streamer um, with The Irishman. Right. And I don't even think he did, like, a theater run. There that. was a limited theater run, yeah. I believe, because I think you needed that to get into the Oscars. Potentially get an oh, Oscar okay. nomination. Do you, like, look at stuff like that and, like, see the lane there? Or, like, are you still trying to go with TV? Oh, I think there... No, I would not discount any way of distribution. Yeah. Because it used to be everybody wanted to go to the film. Everybody wants to show their... A project on the big screen, right? That's the dream. But that's really expensive to do, to get... to, To have something like that happen. And... If you can get something on a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or some streaming network, you could end up getting more viewers just from that. So I don't think I would limit myself to anything. I think I'm whatever the right deal is at the time. Yeah. You know, Stars bought America to me, and this was kind of not something Stars had ever acquired before, and they were a great partner in in America to me. Yeah. And so far, with 16 and Recovering, uh, MTV's been a, a, a good partner on that one. So do, you, so do you sell those networks the idea? With American and Me, it was pretty much, well, at least five episodes were done. Oh, okay. And the other five were rough, but were assembled. Mm-hmm. So they got to see pretty much what the series would look like. Mm-hmm. With 16 and Recovering, that film, they bought it based on the fact that we just shot the whole thing. We had footage and we had a trailer and a teaser for it. Um, so that is what, what, what enabled them to decide they wanted to buy it. So now that one's in post-production. We're actually editing that one right now. Oh, okay. So, so but, yeah. there's a risk there with filming because you don't know if someone's going to buy it. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's really hard to get the money up front because yeah. there's, everybody's got ideas and it's how do you get somebody to give you money for your idea or for somebody's idea? And it's, you know, we lucked out, America to me, we had a great uh, uh, producing partner with Participant Media, and they came in and helped us to get the film made. You got to find that is, is a tricky thing, to find somebody that's willing to take their chance yeah. on you okay. from just the concept. Okay. Um, that is interesting. So I'm learning a lot as this conversation unfolds but just to wrap up is there like a dream project that you would say like is there something that you've always wanted to do since you started being a filmmaker yeah I'd probably say I'd want to do a bigger budget narrative feature you know I really enjoy narrative I enjoy the narrative I like uh, storytelling and starting with a script and getting it to being a film is very exciting to me. So I would say that doing more narrative work is something I would really like to do. Okay. And then like 
do you do you care about like winning an Oscar or anything? I mean, that would be great. I think everybody would love that. But I like to entertain people, mm-hmm. whether it's through doc, through a commercial. I like to produce every. You know, the interesting thing about my job as a producer is, and this is true in many professions, but I can definitely say it's true in my producing profession. I'm learning something every single job I take, every job I take, I learn something. I learn something new, multiple things. It's a process, every job is different. That's the great thing about production is that today I could be doing a commercial with shoes, tomorrow I could be doing a commercial about software, you know, I, I could be doing a documentary about something totally different today versus tomorrow. Yeah. And it's just always different and the subjects change and that's what kind of keeps it really exciting. Yeah. You're not going in and doing the exact same thing day in and day out mm-hmm. because there's so many variables in the film business. Yeah, that that I can definitely second that. Just like, obviously I, I'm, I've been ba- playing baseball my whole life so that I didn't learn as much. But like, I'm excited to do this this mm-hmm. next project is mm-hmm. probably going to be a huge long one about fighting. I have no I, I don't know anything about fighting. Well, you better do some research oh, beforehand. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've and been the, watching yeah. Conor McGregor. Okay, yeah. But like, yeah. Um, and it's going to be like a course. It's always like a you're taking a course. Right, right. When you're doing that. Well, so. and the other thing is some things that you need to learn is there is a legal process that you need to be aware of. Like, you should be having these people sign releases and things like that on your production because you're using them and telling their story and they should sign a piece of paper authorizing you to do said things. These are things you just kind of learn over time that you as a filmmaker need to take care of. That's the business end of it. That's the producing end of it. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you. For hey, this was great, man. That was a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yeah, Thanks. This is cool, man. Thanks right. for coming on. Keep watching. Adding value. That's right. That was great.